I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome back, everyone, to the Playing Footsie podcast. Uh, this week, you've got me, Paul Briscoe, you've got Steve W, and you've got Steve D, all talking about stocks and the stock market and personal finance and just general news from the week. And we, we, we don't do a lot of research, so uh, we're here to just chat today. Um, lots and lots of news happening in the week. Uh, we've got a few stories for you that we could just share our opinion on. But first of all, guys, what have you been up to this week? It was my birthday this week, Paul. Was it? It was my birthday yesterday. Yeah, it was my birthday yesterday, actually. Thank you to the both of you for your well-wishing, although I suspect, I don't think I've told either of you, so. No, you have no, not. Feels a bit <laughs> like Neil from The In-Betweeners. Like, yesterday when... before we record this, or yesterday before this goes yeah, out, because there might still I, be time. <laughs> I thought it'd be a bit fun to sort of like slip it in, but I got a smart ring. I didn't ask for a smart ring. But I got a smart ring for uh, my birthday, which is very interesting. Um, I've, I've loaded it up and I failed verification somehow. I think it's probably because I've got a beard and on my driving license I look like I'm about six. Um, but yeah, I was just going through it. It's quite interesting. It's called a McClear. M or M Clear. M Clear. I think it's probably M Clear. I don't think it's McClear. But, <laughs> it's um, but it's yeah, a Scottish it, <laughs> well, it's pretty smart, actually. I was just looking through. They're doing cashback, and I think they're basically using it as, like, a, basically, I think people are trying it instead of top cashback. So it's quite interesting, really. You get 4% back off Foot, uh, foot Locker, 4% off Halfords, 3.5% off Nike, 3.5% off Pizza Express. That's an excuse to go there if we're not in lockdown. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting little thing. It weighs an absolute ton, and it'll only fit on my thumb, because my, my brother who bought me it apparently thought I had sausage fingers. <laughs> but anyway, how was your week? Wait, wait. Well, I thought it was going to be a smart ring, as in, like, it tracks your steps or something silly like that. Are you telling me, like, you scan it in a shop or something? Yeah, this is a Visa smart ring, this one. Oh, right. I would zoom in and show you, but it's a podcast. <laughs> so... <laughs> And, uh, Just imagine it says Visa on it. And I like how you've got all boho beautiful with it on your thumb and stuff like that. Like you, you're like a 20 year old girl who uh, <laughs> like should, should be on a beach somewhere. Uh, you you have yeah. to show me your ankle ring as well. <laughs> yeah, that, that got taken off last year, mate. <laughs> Woo! Uh, so yeah, um, your birthday being in December, then uh, do you get double presents? I do get double presents, wow. yes, although uh, not, not from the guy. Uh, basically, I've, I've been off for a couple of days this week, and the, the guy came to pick up my car, take it to site, and uh, he, he dropped me off a, a tiny little Christmas pudding and said it was both Christmas and birthday. And I think I'm far enough away for you to not lump those together, i.e. like 20-odd <laughs> days, so but he did it. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, well done for keeping your birthday secret and uh, surprising us on air. That's, that's that's very nice of you, I suppose. And happy birthday, I guess. Happy well, you're not going to get me a present. What's the I, point in telling you? I might have. I might have. <laughs> I might. Have. No, I wouldn't. Um, all right, CW. What have you been up to? 
Uh, I've had a fairly boring week, but thank you for the invite to your uh, party, Steve. I'm assuming you sent Paul one as well. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Damn post. Christmas post. <laughs> Um, I've not done very much this week. I've been thinking about my retirement a bit, to be honest. This, uh, not in the financial way that we normally do where we talk about fire and stuff, but just in terms of what it would be like to be retired. Uh, the catalyst that kind of brought that on was it was another friend of mine's, I've more than one, uh, birthday uh, recently. Uh, so we went to go and see Jersey Boys, which uh, made me realise what it would be like to be 75 years old. Uh, <laughs> that was, uh, it's a very good show, actually. I'd recommend it for anyone to go and watch it. My portfolio has done nearly nothing uh, this week. It went down and then it came back up. Uh, and it's actually ended quite well so far, coming into this particular recording. I, I can see it going down before my eyes. But apart from that, it's, it's had a reasonable week or so. Um, aside from that, though, reasonably boring. Looking forward to Steve's party. Most exciting thing that happened beyond that was watching Paul one-bite that Cornetto before we came on air. <laughs> oh, why are you making jokes about things people can't see, hear, touch, or... Uh, you no, know, no, look, just imagine, just imagine Paul deep-throated a Cornetto. Yeah. That's effectively what we saw. Yeah, it was about half an hour ago, and I've already forgot about it. But um, on... on <laughs> On, on our musicals, musicals. Do you guys frequent musicals very often? Is it is, is it a thing you guys have done before or do? I don't know. I've, I've done it, it before. It's a thing I've done before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's not something not something that I do to be honest with you. Like I, I, I went to see The Lion King and mate, I was bored out of my skull and loads of people tell me that's really good and i was so bored and i was just kind of looking around at all the lights and stuff and going oh, wonder how much wattage is in that <laughs> I, I went to see uh, i went last time i went to london i took my wife to go and see wicked and it was before hmm. i had my eyes lasered um <laughs> and i got tickets right at the very very back and forgot my glasses so <laughs> so at the end of it by this was like um did you did you enjoy that? Do you think it was good? And I was like, I couldn't. I could just hear it. <laughs> it sounded good. Like, it was like, a, yeah, it sounded great. Just it was just like some green blob. lights running around. Just green, <laughs> yeah, exactly. green, green blobs, and green lights, and then occasionally some white lights. And wicked <laughs> sounds great. I've actually want to go back and actually see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I mean, w there's one which I've been to see twice, which is the Book of Mormon, which I highly recommend because I piss myself laughing even though I know exactly what the next joke is uh, coming up. But yeah, the Book of Mormon, I'd really rate that. But um, yeah, let's move on because uh, uh, I suppose I should talk about me this week. Um, I've done nothing. I've literally done nothing this week. I've been working so hard that I decided, or my body at least just told me, sit the fuck down and don't do anything for a, for a few days. And I've kind of just done nothing. And I've watched my portfolio go from like th pushing 40,000 all the way down to like 37,000 and then back up. And now I've crossed, I've crossed another milestone of 40,000 pounds and um, I did nothing to get it there. And I have, absolutely no clue why it's got there either what i don't know what stock's done better or, or anything like that i can't even i'm looking through it going well why why is this portfolio done so well this week and um yeah it's just uh it's just been very very interesting i'm sure it's been interesting for a lot of people at home like if you guys uh uh have had an interesting week or you've got a stock tip for me because i'm kind of i'm kind of in the market i'm in the market for a for a new stock at the moment i'm kind of looking around going what is there to buy and i'm struggling to find anything so if anyone has got anything on the comments in the youtube video or anything like that just let me know because because i kind of want to know 
Paul, do you want to just say a couple of sentences about what your requirements for a potential stock are? Um, goes up. Okay. <laughs> and that leaves, that's, that's Stonecore, the question. I was wondering if you yeah, put your whole, yeah, you buying. Put your whole portfolio in Stonecore for us, Paul, so it means that you can unwind our positions, that'd be great. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, it's, um, uh, I, I, I am... I am exploring. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a bit of exploring on on the whole growth stockage because, uh, in, in my personal opinion, and I, I did a bit of a video today, which might never come out because I just don't have time to uh, edit it. But uh, I was I was kind of looking today, going, well, last year was the hatred of value, and everybody hated cash flow, and everybody loved all the all the sort of hypey stocks and they all did really well we're now getting into a position where a lot of those stocks are now coming back into value people start hating them again and uh, i'm sort of sifting through that at the minute you know the teledocs zooms things like that i i'm struggling to bring myself to it but i'm tempted i'm tempted those uh, the motley fool guys talking about axon the other day really kind of made me look at it and go oh this is an interesting type of company. Have you guys gone into Axon at all? or Steve owns Axon, but kind of by uh, a sort of mistake, sort of by David Gardner sampler uh, features mm. Axon, I think. It's about yeah, the only thing in his sampler that's not gone through the floor, I think. It is. Yeah, it is the only thing that he's not really, really read on, I think. But, <laughs> yeah, Axon is obviously for anybody who's not, who's not familiar with it, they are the inventors of the Taser. The Taser is not actually a Taser. That is a brand name in, you know, in the way that Google is searching. Sellotape. Um, is shocking. The best, one. the best way to say is yeah. sellotape. That's why. I think Velcro is the same as well, isn't it? Velcro, Velcro is. is. Velcro is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Hoover is, but yeah. Are we just gonna? Go. We're just gonna sit here and name just, things. Which, uh... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, guys, that's only ten minutes. You keep keep coming up with. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> but yeah, um, they, they've, they've, Axon um, have gone from inventing the taser to sort of building this sort of network of just anti-crime fighter. And they're like the the Batman, the Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne of uh, uh, the crime fighting world right now. And and uh, there's a lot of switching costs and stuff like that. And I looked at it and went. Bloody hell, that's good business. But I think it is still priced right. Like you said, it's the only one in Dave Garner's portfolio that's actually gone up uh, in recent months. So yeah. I think it's still under ten billion, though, isn't it? If I off the top of my head, or is it just under twenty billion? I think it's only a mid cap. I don't. I don't think it's massive by any stretch of the imagination. So um, I think they do the body cams as well. And I think I, mm. they they were talking about them doing a lot of software um, that helps cut down, it basically automates police paperwork, Yeah, which is really yeah. interesting because they, they were saying that two thirds of police time is spent on paperwork. And obviously anything that you can do to relieve that time obviously makes a more efficient, more active police force. So yeah, that's, it is a cool little business. I think uh, he's up 30,000% on it from what I understand. <sighs> Sorry, just had to swallow a joke there that I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> um, right, okay, so we've got a lot to do today. We've got Steve D's game. Let's start off with Steve D's game. Okay, Paul, you're going to hate this game because it's got 20 questions. Oh, no, I can't uh, count to 20. Well, you should <laughs> you should write them down. <laughs> um, but basically, it's a choose-your-own-adventure. I, I, I wanted to call it Snatch Game, but I realise I'm the only one who watches RuPaul's Drag Race here, so... Um, so, <laughs> it's called Match Game. 
because I'm going to let you pick two numbers between 1 and 20. I'm going to tell you the two companies that you have picked, and all you have to do is tell me who has the highest EPS. So depending on how you pick this, and it's TTM EPS, depending mm -hmm. on how you pick this, it could be incredibly easy or incredibly difficult. Mm. Uh, I've got Paul going first. All right, let's go, so, let's go opposite ends. 1 and 20, let's go for it. 1 and 20, so 1 is giant of the e-commerce world, Amazon. Number 20 is giant of the search engine world, Alphabet. E EPS-wise, that's that's got to be Alphabet, right? That is... Correct. Um, this one is actually closer than you would expect, though, because I would have thought Amazon would be pretty low, to be honest, but... But it's Amazon's uh, EPS is only half of what Alphabet's is because I think in the last twelve months they've had a pretty cracking, yeah. um, cracking little run. Too much money to know um, what to do with. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, that sounded about right to me for what it's worth. I'd have got that too. Amazon's share price is much higher, which means its PE is proportionally higher. We think of Amazon as having a really high PE, but I think it's. I would have probably gone the same way there. Let's try five and eleven, please, Steve. So five and eleven. Five is uh, EV, not a car company, Tesla. Eleven yeah. is giant US bank, JP Morgan. That's got to be easy. <laughs> so I'm I think already, JP Morgan has I'm a already given you a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let me try and say some things like I'm trying to work it out somehow. So JP Morgan usually trades on a PE of around 12 or so, has a share price of about 145. Uh, Tesla is, has a share price of uh, around 100 or so now, I think, um, uh, and trades on a PE of about 10 trillion. JP Morgan. <laughs> that is correct. Um, Tesla's EPS was actually $3.06 TTM, and um, JP, JP Morgan's was $15.81. So only five times, but I think uh, Tesla is is nearly eight times the share price of JPM off the top of my head. I think. Yeah. So I didn't realise mm. Tesla's was going to be so high. I really didn't. I, mm. I thought it was going to be like zero point zero three p or something. What you got for me, Paul? Uh, four. I've already gone dark. I um four. That's one. Yep. <laughs> four. Four and four and nine. <laughs> <laughs> four and nine. Four is US Credit Bank Citibank. Nine is communications giant Twilio. Ooh, Ooh. very hard because Twilio has just gone really good. I'm still going to go City because I think it's about 10. But Tw yeah, Twilio has just had a really good year, hasn't it? So uh, I'm going to go City. That's correct. Um, Citibank has an EPS TTM of ten dollars and fifty six cents. Twilio, which is going really well, has negative four ninety six. Oh right, okay. <laughs> so it is one of those choose your own adventures. You really can, you know, if you pick <laughs> two of them that are negative, you 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 know, it's more difficult than mm. if you pick them that the miles apart. Mm. Go and see what you got. Yeah, that was a fairly natural one. Uh, Paul has nicely cleared the way for a question that I was refraining from asking, which is, do all of these actually have earnings? Mm. Uh, the answer is clearly no. 
mm. uh, this situation. Okay, uh, let's go with two and seventeen, please, Steve. Two and seventeen. Two is Teladoc. Seventeen mm-hmm. is professional bum wiping company Kimberly <laughs> Clark. Oh, they can be uh, really easy, can't they? And then they can be really mm. hard. Mm. Uh, okay, so last week we just spent a good amount of time about a five-year-old Paul having his bum up in the air for wiping, so I reckon that Kimberly Clark were involved in that particular enterprise, and I think that probably means they have a higher EPS. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so Teladox was minus $5.45, and Kimberly Clark was plus $5.88. Because we're getting all the good ones now, does that mean we're going to get a few hard ones later? Is that what well, it feels not like. really. No. It depends how it falls, doesn't yeah, it? But, um, okay. Uh, I'm already blank, so two and three. Uh, two's been taken. You can have three. Three and five, then. <laughs> and three and six. Well done, <laughs> three, Paul. Three and six. No worries. <laughs> uh, so you have Apple and you have NVIDIA. Oh, see, now it gets a little bit tougher, doesn't it? Oh, that's, that's hard. That is tougher. Two companies that obviously are going to have very high EPS. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go with Apple because it's okay. just the most expensive company, one of the most expensive companies in the world. Um, yeah, go with Apple. Go for it. Okay. That is, what would you have gone for, Steve? I would have done the same thing, but I would be put off by NVIDIA. It's got a very high share price, I think, which is meaning that it can be on a big P. It's on about a 90 price earnings, I think, trailing. Apple's on about 30. I think it's on 300, but... I think. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Oh. But the answer uh, is... I would have gone the same way as Paul. Apple. Well done, Paul. Well done. So Apple's EPS was 5.61. NVIDIA's was $3.24. Remember, it's just gone through a, uh, a stock split, so wow. uh, that would have brought that down. It would have been the other way around. What you got for us, Steve? Lucky number seven, please, and number 15. Lucky number seven is predictably Bristol Myers Squibb, and 15 oh, God. is Microsoft. Ooh. Hmm. Okay, so uh, Squibb with a much lower share price, uh, and about a third of the price earnings, I think, of Microsoft as well. Um I go with Squib. Before you tell me whether or not I'm right, though, Steve, is it close? It's not close. <laughs> oh, dear. Which is it? It's Microsoft then, isn't it? <laughs> That's incorrect. <laughs> Bristol Myers Squib is actually still negative. Because uh, last negative. year it Train had a load months. of stuff from the yeah. right down. Yeah. Negative yeah. 242, ones. and Microsoft was 894. Very good. Very Positive. good from Microsoft. That's okay, where Paul? I got to the wrong number on Squib from because <clears> I was thinking <throat> share price around 60-ish and divide it by about eight, which gets you to, yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and go with eight and... That's, that's seven, one. 17? Uh, that's not one. Mm. Oh, fuck. Uh, do you want me to give you the next eight, closest? Eight and 19. Eight and 19. Okay, I'll cross them off my list because I'm losing <laughs> count now. Uh, so you have Spotify and Adobe. Uh, that's... I'm just going to cut that there right there. That's Adobe because I don't think Spotify is positive at the minute. Spotify is negative. Uh, yeah. 171, Adobe $12.10. Okay. Yeah, not much to say about Steve. that one there. No, that was an easy one. 
Uh, 10 and 16, please. Are they available? 10 and 16 are available. You are picking between Netflix and Visa. Ooh. Mm, mm, no. no. I'm happily, happily going to tell you it's not close. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure on this one. I suggest it's Visa then. Paul? Yeah, it's got to be Visa. Visa is smashing its share count down and it makes ridiculous amounts of money. It's got to be, right? <laughs> no! Wow! Netflix EPS trailing 12 months of $11.09. Visa, $5.63. Wow! That is so surprising. Hmm. So, the wow. EPS game. Wow. Mm. Got it, Pulp. Um, You've got 12, 13, 14, and 18. <coughs> oh, don't tell him. Oh, okay. 12, 12 <laughs> and 18. It makes it less awkward. <laughs> I thought you said this 18. game could go on for ages. I thought the idea was it goes on for ages just because Paul's firing at numbers randomly. <laughs> so you have to pick between Thermo Fisher oh. and Robin Hood. Ooh. <laughs> well, that was interesting for half of it. Is Thermo Fisher positive? I wasn't sure if it was positive. I don't think Robin Hood is. So, I'm going to go... Who's losing the most? I know. Me? <laughs> oh, that's hard. That's hard, because Demo Fisher doesn't have... Robin Hood, Robin Hood. Rob? Yeah, Rob. Robin <laughs> Hood? Demo Fisher's positive, isn't it? The, it's one of the biggest in the... Is uh, it? I think it's the third largest out of the lot. Yeah, Thermo oh, Fisher, $21.54. I think it's got a $450 share price as I've well. Totally, so it's, uh, I totally... Because I don't know nothing about it, I guess. I just didn't know. Yeah, that's fair enough. Robin Hood is the the biggest uh, miss, I think, of minus 977. Um, got it. So for a $30, $30 stock, it is a big loss. I thought Thermo What's Fisher left? was losing. I really did. No, I don't think it's, it's massive, Thermo yeah. Fisher. What's yeah. that, Steve? 13 and 14. That is correct. So 13 and 14, you've got to pick between two stocks I think you know rather well. And it's Ford or Starbucks. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, Starbucks is one where we tend to talk a lot more about the forward price earnings than the trailing one. Because last year wasn't a good year for Starbucks. It also wasn't a very good year for Ford. Uh, let's try Starbucks. That is correct. Uh, Starbucks, $3.54, and mm. Ford is about $0.71. Cents, so. The trouble with Ford is its share price is so low it can't be making $3, or it'd be on a price-earnings ratio of 1. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that makes Paul the winner. Uh, Ford of 3. Yep. Well done, Paul. You've won again. Oh, I'm glad Ooh. Paul blundered that Thermo Fisher thing. I'm not sure I could put up with him getting all five. Yeah, that, uh, yeah made, a, made a big boo-boo on that one, didn't I? Right, okay. So, moving on. Uh, a big little clap for me. So, we've got a couple of things that we want to talk about today that uh, we wanted to know about. Um, NVIDIA. Uh, having a bit of trouble getting the ARM merger going through, or the ARM acquisition going through. And uh, in the opposite end of the... Uh, Semiconductor class, we've got Intel spinning off one of its possible growth areas. And uh, I think we want to talk about that transparency ETF as well. So what do you want to talk about first, guys? You choose, Steve. Uh, I think probably the best thing to start with would be NVIDIA, just because it sort of concerns us the most, I would say. Um, <coughs> I think 
I mean, there's no there's no confirmation yet, so we are still speculating. But I think we're almost safe to say that this deal is about to be called off. I think there's a number of issues looking into it. I think the EU have, uh, are probing it. The UK are probing it for security reasons. Uh, the US has sued to block it. Microsoft, Google, Qualcomm, and a few others have come out to say this shouldn't go ahead. This isn't fair. And the only people who seem to want this deal to go through are NVIDIA shareholders and SoftBank. Um, so realistically for me now I'm thinking it's interesting um, let's get it IPO'd on the LSC and let's get a bit of growth in there because I think it'll be one of the biggest stocks in the market but Steve what, what does ARM do you've got a little bit on its background I think haven't you yeah, so ARM designs uh, chips, and basically there are sort of two main designers for this kind of thing, and they license their uh, designs and stuff to chip companies who then manufacture them. So you've got x86, which is basically Intel here on one end, and ARM down the other end. And historically, this has basically been a battle between uh, power, uh, where x86 has done better, and efficiency, where ARM has done a lot better. And gradually, gradually, they're both trying to kind of encroach on the other's territory. x86 is trying to get more efficient, uh, and ARM is trying to get more powerful. And ARM's been doing a better job of that just lately. But uh, ARM licenses its stuff to pretty much everybody who makes any kind of chip at all. So that includes Apple, Qualcomm, Samsung, Huawei, Amazon, and Microsoft. So especially anyone who's going to stick their chip in a phone. Because a uh, big, powerful x86 chip, you can't put a fan in a phone to cool it down again particularly well. And you need more efficiency for a better battery life. The thing that we're always talking about with phones, how long that battery lasts on them. So they're in 95% of smartphones, from what I understand it, and 95% of every chip comes out of China, uh, whether that's in a laptop or a smartphone or a whatever else. So NVIDIA picking them up is huge if they can do it. Anyone picking them up is huge if they can do it, right? So NVIDIA wants to compete with people on chips, and now all of a sudden they basically own the um, IP license for uh, chip design. That would potentially be something that would, I guess stunt competition it would basically give nvidia a tariff on everybody else's chips that's why uh the fca are not particularly pleased on this from what i can see of it yeah so when i, when I first saw this one coming through i did think to myself because i've tried this is such a complicated space this is the x86 versus arm battle um i tried to figure it out and there was no way that you could take NVIDIA, who on the one side have data centers, you know, they're, they're creating these chips for these massive data centers and they are starting to take over that world away from Intel. And then on the other hand, they were also taking on ARM, have essentially the entire iPad space, mobile phone space, laptop space. And I just went, there's no way this can go through, right? And, but this is, this is sent NVIDIA's, market uh market cap going ridiculous so when i've got a few questions because arm needs to go public as well do you reckon it'll go public on the lse or will it follow the trend that's going on at the moment i wouldn't be surprised if it wound up on the nasdaq but steve i think there will be a push to get it listed on the lsc whether or not it stays there or doesn't very quickly dual list somewhere else um uh that wouldn't surprise me but 
the interesting thing is that SoftBank really need this to go through. SoftBank bought this company for thirty-one billion in twenty seventeen, and they're very, very keen to get this uh, get this IPO. They're thinking a valuation of about sixty billion, which the vast majority of that goes into SoftBank's pockets. And they really, really do need to start buying back their shares because they perceive that they're in some kind of share price slump. Um, this is from their mouths, not mine. Um, so they they are pushing for this to go through. So I think we'll see ARM on the market at some point, but. A sixty billion valuation is a very, very rich valuation, and we know that um, companies that essentially don't manufacture or don't make anything, they just license their products, find it very difficult to increase revenue at any kind of great speed. So this is going to be a high valuation for not the fastest growing company around, plus a chance that it's going to be forced to go on to the, the you know the LSE, which is you know not a not a fast, overpriced, exciting market. I think there could be an opportunity here just to sit on your hands for a quarter or two and pick up a real bargain. Um, because I think this 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 is going to have a lot of suitors. I think there's going to be a lot of people who want a piece of this. Um, but I just, I think it's such an interesting company, but such a terrible valuation. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be, it'd be interesting how much it would IPO on the LSE versus the NASDAQ because... The, the reason why it would go to the Nasdaq is it's more likely to earn a lot more, get, gain a lot more equity going on there, right? That would be the idea, yeah. That would be the idea that there's obviously a lot more private equity in America than in Britain. They would potentially raise a few extra billion in cash than they would on the LSC. It's just so tempting yeah. for a company like that. I see the temptation there. It's an interesting company, isn't it? I mean, Steve, it feels like your kind of company to me. I mean, you you can correct me if I've got you wrong here, but when I think about your interest in semiconductors, I think of you as someone who's fairly agnostic as to who's going to stay ahead in chip design because this is something that changes hands and has changed hands quite a lot. I'm trying to pick a winner with without being rude to any of us here. None of us has the greatest technical knowledge uh, on chips, particularly. Uh, Paul mentioned he finds it hard. I'm not sure this is something that you're particularly an insider on. Just, so, just remember that kind of that, covers many bases. Just remember that I find it hard to count during these games. So, you're not really, you're not really. Me in All right, it's fine. I'll be a bit more forthright then. Three people who don't have a clue which end of a semiconductor is which. Um, in that case but might buy something like ASML because who the hell cares? They all need it. <laughs> that, that's, and that was always my take on it. I think even pre, pre the podcast starting, my, if you would have said to me, why are you buying ASML? Is that it's because it's the only one that you are almost guaranteed is going to win. <laughs> yeah. There really doesn't seem to be anything coming on the, on the upside. There is no competition at the moment for their um, UAV machines. And the, the, uh, the next thing coming, the next technology is three or four years ago, uh, three or four years away, sorry, and ASML are developing it. Um, so, you know, I think ARM is as ASML is, if you see what I mean. It's the picks and shovels play where picking the actual branded winners is very, very difficult. So you just got to, you know, look for something else. Look for the people who make the machines. Look for the people who do the deposition. Well, um, well this was the, the company that designs the chips. This was the next question that I was going to ask you guys because I actually thought this was going to be quite an int interesting and easy question for you guys to answer. Um, out of this, if this deal doesn't go through, um, if it's all a mad surprise that it doesn't go through, who are the winners here and who are the losers? And what would you expect to see the share price do? 
Losers. Losers is difficult, I think. Losers have got to be NVIDIA here. Um, they're, they're the people who would who would lose. I There is still a chance that this goes through. You've got to remember, that these can go through, but with stipulations. So it could go through where NVIDIA can't raise the prices on anybody and have to provide the exact same service for 10 years or something. Or, you know, sometimes the British government quite likes to sell things and say, so long as you keep people in the factory for... Um, you know, 10 years, we're all right with you going through it. And in the case of Mondelez, they seem to sack them all on 10 years and one minute later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the, the the biggest winner on this is uh, probably SoftBank. Um, no matter what happens, SoftBank is going to pocket a fair amount of change out of this. And uh, in, I'd have to say NVIDIA, they're going to be the loser out of this. But, you know, whether we're going to see a meaningful drop in the, in the share price, it's all on, it's on all of our doomsday lists. But uh, I don't think it's going to cause that kind of drop. No, I I was I was wondering if I was going to stick around and and just wait and see what happens if there if there is that drop. I wonder if it would affect the entire um, the entire semiconductor market in that way. And there might be a few bargains everywhere that drop in as the semiconductor market. What do you think Intel might get gain out of this in the end? Out of this. Uh... Not an awful lot from what I can see of it. I mean, Intel are primarily looking towards their own chips and they're trying to push their own chip design. I wonder how much of a loss this would be for NVIDIA uh, if it doesn't manage to happen. I get that that's part of their plan, but they are going pretty well on the stuff they have already. So you might knock sort of 10% off them or something maybe, but I, I think NVIDIA is likely to do pretty well regardless of this acquisition for what it's worth. Uh, Intel's... Intel more hinges on them passing some kind of semiconductor bill in the US. I think that's that's what everybody's waiting for Intel. Intel is um, pretty much lobbying the government for some kind of semiconductor bill, get a few extra billion cash in the pocket and really kickstart their uh, their their chance to get back and compete. Um, I don't really see Intel being hurt by, by this deal regardless of what happens. Okay, and so... Moving on to the next bit, as I try to segue you in there from Intel. Uh, Intel had some really interesting news this week with Mobileye uh, saying it's going to spin off Mobileye. Uh, I can't remember how much they're spinning it off for. Can you tell me that one? I know what they're asking for in spinning yep. it off. They're looking for about $50 billion, I think, uh, or anywhere up to $50 billion, which is quite a lot. Uh, for what it's worth. That's about 35 times sales for Mobileye. And 35 times sales is a lot for anything, but Mobileye is, um, uh, from what I gather, one of two, maybe three uh, leading players in autonomous tech driving. They're well in there with most car manufacturers. In fact, I think nearly every car manufacturer, the main one I can think they're not well in there with is Tesla, who, of course, are not a car company, so they don't count. Um, which means that I think Mobileye is fairly well connected to most of the, or if not all of the kind of car manufacturers here. Yeah, so let's um, let's break it down a little bit. So you've got Intel who bought Mobileye in 2016, mm -hmm. 14? Well, I can't remember. 2017. 2017. Um, hmm. So they bought Mobileye. Mobileye is an autonomous driving thing. Uh, and Tesla. Yep. Uh, Tesla and Elon Musk say that it's a bag of shit because it still uses radar. We don't use, uh, it also uses a, a sort of mapping system where it communicates to the other, the other cars and, and creates a map, which Tesla said was really crap, but 
as far as I can tell, they're essentially doing the same thing or something very, very similar with with their uh, close proximity mapping system. Um, but is this is this just an opportune moment for Intel to make a quick bit of cash, or is this like is this the real deal? Is this what they really wanted to do? I doubt this is what they wanted to do, uh, and I don't like this move actually for what it's worth. I'm not an Intel shareholder. Uh, but when I was listening to various takes on this sort of thing, everyone seems to think this is a really good idea. It allows Intel to free up some cash. It gets them better. What Pat Gelsinger was calling visibility uh, for Mobileye, which is uh, basically a way of saying we want to try and get it where people can see it so people can bid it up. They're going to uh, be majority shareholders of it still, I think. They're not completely sending it out by itself. Um, but I tend to dislike this idea. Um, if I was Intel, I would have rather seen... I get why they can't, I guess. I'd rather see them just keep this one under their hats and be worth a lot more than they thought they were and just keep pounding their own shares with uh, buying. But as I understand it, it's a cash-raising activity. But I didn't think Intel was that short of cash. Uh, I always had it down as having a fairly strong R&D budget, reasonable cash flows. I mean, they have a buyback program and a dividend program um, that uh, are both quite aggressive at the moment. So I would have rather they kept this one in-house and just hung on to all of it rather than sending part of it out so i do have a similar theory to gelsinger there is that when, whenever i've tried to discuss mobileye with people when it, whenever i discuss tesla autonomous autonomous with people they everyone knows everything about it they know absolutely but it everyone's a fucking expert on fucking tesla autonomous because that's the next big phase in exponential growth for tesla when i mentioned a mobile eye people don't either don't know about it or they're kind of aware of it but they really do not know how far their technology is at the moment and what you're saying here with the visibility thing is i i kind of agree like part of stock these days and and the worth of these companies is how much people know about them and i'm i'd be wary that many people do actually know much about them let alone what they what the technology is capable of and how far it how far it's come uh you know where the uh, how many cars it's in for a start how much data it's drawing it's drawing like something like 300 miles um 300 miles of data a day or something like that so it's it, it it's generating a lot and it's it was one of the reasons why i was considering uh, investing in Intel, if you, it made up a big, big part of my thesis for it. Uh, I never actually did it because I just couldn't bring myself. I, I, I the barrier of the story of Intel was there for me. But uh, this, this is going to tell the world that there's a competitor. There's, there's a real competitor to Tesla's autonomous driving here. Um, a lot of people would disagree that it's that it's uh, that it's a competitor, but. Um, I think people. It's, I think it is going to spread the knowledge about Mobileye, and that there's there's something more to um, the autonomous world right now. Well, here's something controversial for you. I think Tesla's a competitor to Mobileye because Mobileye currently has robot taxis on the road in Munich already, um, so it's a lot further ahead of um, Tesla. And to get EU approval, we know it's a very sort of like red tapey kind of uh, place to get approval um, and they've got it they've got robo taxis driving around Munich already so um, they're ahead um, you know the technology might not be better um, that'll that'll 
that'll come out in the wash. But at the moment, they're they're definitely further down the line. But just to just to go back to the deal itself, I like the deal. Um, I like the deal because I think it's really smart from Intel. Um, they bought the company for fifteen billion. They're going to chuck it out for fifty billion. Um, they are going to keep all of the um. All, all the technology benefits from it, all of the supply benefits are staying there as well. Um, they're going to retain a huge staking uh, in Mobileye as well um, when they spin it out. So really, this is just uh, its a bit of a cash grab. They're taking advantage of pretty frothy EV and self-driving market here, which I think there isn't any of us here that could, could honestly justify the valuation that they're spinning this out at. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to earn it, this is a smart move from Intel. Ooh. Fair enough. I guess I wonder whether... Do you think Mobileye, I mean, by itself, it does feel to me very like the kind of thing that might appear in an ARC ETF. I mean, I get that ARC yeah. doesn't like Intel, uh, and they've been very critical of Intel, so on and so forth. But look, autonomous driving, uh, this is this is ARC territory, right? Might they get involved on that? The thing is, is autonomous driving, so long as it's safe, nobody cares who it comes from. That's what I think. So long as it's safe and it works, who cares whether it comes from Tesla or it comes from Mobileye? It should be about who can scale up the fastest, who can get it into cars, and who can make it the safest. Um, and who's to say that we won't have two winners in this? That's like we always say. It's like you can't just pick one company in a sector and say that one's definitely going to win because that rarely ever happens. You normally have two, three, four big big companies in an industry and, and robo-taxis and self-driving is such a huge industry. There's going to be three, four or five winners and there's going to be ones that are clearly better than the others and we don't know anything about whether whether they will be or whether they won't be but the fact that Mobileye is already out and doing it, I think they're in Tel Aviv and in, in Munich is, is a sure sign that uh, somebody thinks they're doing something right. Yeah, I was going to ask that because I think they're in Israel and I think they're in Dubai as well. I think they have a robo-taxi service already out there in Dubai. Tesla has been very vocal and says that it's uh, full self-driving is not ready yet. And it's, and we've all had personal experiences of um, their auto driving and full self-driving not going to plan. And we feel it's been very, very jerky as well. Mobileye, I've seen the videos. They, they seem very good. But when you say that two or three need to win, so, uh, I think it's Elon Musk who has been saying this as well these for it to work fully efficiently and completely danger free there does only need to be one winner uh, because they work as a hive mind they go the idea is that if you've seen the tesla autonomous videos it sh it shows that on a corner one tesla is talking to the other tesla and building the picture and they're all building the picture together whereas mobile eye uh, very specifically seems to work on a basis of i was just there so um, they will have a mobile eye car that's been driving down the street from earlier and that will automatically draw street. But if that street has changed in the time that another mobile eye vehicle has been down, been down there, that information goes missing. And they're saying that, that, that this won't be, particularly Elon Musk says, this will not be the way that um, full self-driving works. It has to work with one company or at least one central entity that's going to talk to the other companies. But then one company won't trust the other one because one uses radar and one uses cameras and cameras can only see like humans and all this sort of thing. So this, this space is so 
weird and odd and it's very dangerous but like you say i personally thought the mobile i was was ahead but if you talk to a tesla investor tesla is ahead uh, and that's mainly because of uh, the cameras, which can see in real time and Mobileye, apparently, although mobile, <laughs> see, I'm getting into a bit too much information here for a podcast, but um, it's, it's a, pa so Tesla investors would say to you that it, it has to use like a Google mapping system to trace, to decide where the edges of the roads are. And it uses, it uses previous data for the car to find that. Um, actually, Mobileye uh, say that that's a redundancy measure. So they have the cameras which are doing the seeking and the, and the driving, but they also use the LiDAR and the uh, mapping software as a redundancy to make things extra safe and therefore find more edge cases. So th there's a lot there's a lot in there. And I tell you what, if you talk to a Tesla investor about this, you get your you just get slapped with like just serious bias, but I, 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 I'm struggling. I, this is one of the reasons why I've never gone there. I'm struggling to figure out if mobile eye is actually that good or not, because I get so much from the other side telling me that it's not. See, this is the thing though. There's also three other companies that we're all sort of like disregarding in this conversation and that there's cruise obviously, which is owned part by general motors. Mm -hmm. I think it's now part owned by Walmart and Microsoft as well. So, um, cruise is, I think looking for a hundred billion valuation off the top of my head. So that would indicate they're wow. very, pretty far down the line is obviously Zooks, which is Amazon's, um, self-driving. Um, they've invented that weird, like trolley tractor yeah, thing. It's like a um, bubble thing in it. But you know who who knows Amazon has uh, a lot of, pays pays a lot of money for tech people and um, they uh, you know they could pull out the bag. There's Waymo obviously by Google, which is another one that we're we're ignoring, and we've got our own UK version in Arrival, which are developing their own uh, self-driving system. They've been self-driving. Um, they've been trying to make a race car essentially with it. So there's loads of people doing autonomous driving. To say that, that there is absolutely definitely one winner when we don't have the same level of scrutiny on the others is that's that's daft that's falling in love with your stock and mm. that's not realizing that there's good competition around it i i do think Wayne there's a lot of there's a lot of funny youtube videos on online of waymo cars getting stuck and things like that and it, that's given it a lot there's there's been a lot of uh uh negative press about it on there but i do feel like waymo already has a robo taxi service going on in new york or something like that but i think it's california isn't is it, it california is it california is it, there you Flip go up my head i think so yeah but it, it, it i read an article on it that it keeps heading down the same uh dead end street and getting stuck these cars and there's one <laughs> there was one image of like four waymo cars like stacked up in this one one street because the uh, google earth hadn't updated the roadmap or something like that and it was all a bit yeah it was all a bit of a sort of negative press on there but you're right there's there's lots of different companies in this space and tesla isn't the only winner it just seems to be the one that's taken the most advantage recently because i don't know is that because of press or and like you say it comes back to this doesn't it? it comes back to the press it comes back to visibility and maybe intel here is showing that it's jumped into the um the 21st century with oh, 21st century. the it's, it's jumped into the 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 future by showing oh maybe this is a game at the moment of uh visibility of hype and things like that and we should take advantage of uh of all the slushy cash out there and get, get ourselves a good deal 
<laughs> that might be what they do, Paul. They might spin it out for sixty billion, let it run for a year, let it fall down to fifteen billion, and rebuy it. Not my call. Not Let let the private investors fund it for a year. <laughs> okay. Um, well, was it? Should it be on the ARK ETF? Do I, I think I think no because Ark ETF and Kathy Wood, right? So that's going to segue us into our next little bit of topic that we're going to cover right at the end here. The Kathy Wood is I'm going to say it. Kathy Wood is all show, right? Kathy Wood is just mm-hmm. all show. So her buying Mobileye and agreeing with Intel essentially will not go well for her PR system. And that's why I don't think it will end up in an ARK ETF. Interesting. Just, I just don't believe that. I think ARK at the moment, uh, if 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 Mobileye gets spun out, they probably don't want Intel with Mobileye. I think that's the big problem with uh, with with Mobileye is that you would, as ARK, you wouldn't want to buy. I don't know how how big Intel as a company. Two hundred fifty billion, something like that. Between two hundred and two fifty, yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't want to buy a two hundred and fifty billion for what is essentially a ten billion cog, which is probably mm. the only bit they actually want. But I think spin it out. I think that's uh, that's something. Well, they should go for it. Um, I struggle to see how they can not. They're wanting to be all over this kind of autonomous space. Mm. And okay, you don't have to think. Even if you think it's not beating Tesla uh, for the time being, which I think Ark probably don't. Uh, I think it's beating Tesla. The point of their ETFs, though, is that you have broad coverage on a thing. It's too big to leave out of a kind of uh, EVs and autonomous stuff, isn't it? How how daft do you look if you have a innovation and automation ETF and you don't you don't and pick you get the one spanked by Mobileye that beats yeah, your entire that would set? Be, yeah, that would I be. Mean, so here you go. Well, terrible. here you go. Uh, May the first. Uh, May the 1st, 2019, Tesla's self-driving computer is four years ahead of the com- of the competition. They do an mm-hmm. entire article on how Tesla is far ahead of everything, including NVIDIA, which apparently have their own full self-driving uh, kind of thing going on. But I think they, as I recall, they... I think they sell it to Tesla or something like that at the moment. Um, Tesla are obviously talking about making their own chip for this soon. Um, obviously doing their own design and then probably manufacturing it at TSM. Um, so, yeah, I, I I don't think that, that it goes well. I don't think they're, they're in the, uh, uh, the the market here, ARK, the ARK ETF, to buy a basket of of full stu- full self-driving stuff they don't own waymo or at least they i don't think they can own waymo can they because uh, uh, it's they really own alphabet, by don't they? do they own alphabet yeah, and they're quite oh, right okay i thought they own quite a bit of that i could Did be they? wrong uh, I, I i have i had a look through today i didn't see i didn't see too much but i i i did they sell it? Did they sell it very recently? That might be what's happened. It might be something I haven't like been paying attention recently. Yeah, it, honestly, who has been paying attention to Ark ETF recently, other than innovation bears, really? Um, so yeah, Tesla's, uh, and, and that was something I was going to bring in uh, in the Mobileye versus um, uh, FSD debate here, and it's in Tesla's favour, which is <clears throat> the problem with. Um, these robo taxis right now is is it's all ai driven and the idea is that you've got intel who has a shit ton of cash and now tesla who also 
technically has a shit ton of cash as well. Um, money isn't the issue when you're talking about data-driven AI. When you when you sort of when we talk about da uh, data-driven AI, it is all about the data. And when to to figure out who's ahead, you have to figure out who has more time involved in gathering this data and uh, producing it and setting out. So. Uh, money when it comes to when it comes to ai money isn't a problem it's all about time and how long you've been doing it and how many miles you've got on the road and apparently according to this tesla has a lot more miles on the road but <laughs> that that aside let's get back to the arc etf and let's talk about the transparency etf that arc arc have just released this week um, the ARC Transparency ETF seeks to provide investment results that closely correspond before fees and expenses to the Transparency Index, uh, which is designed to track the stock price movements of the 100 most transparent companies in the world. Is this an original idea that, um, that, uh, we, that Kathy Woods thought up, or do you think this is a, just an absolute... Sham. I think it's an all right idea. It's the kind of thing that people might go for. I mean, ARK's job is to create ETFs that um, provide people exposure to the things they want to be exposed to and then charge them a fee for it. I think this isn't going to be a kind of actively managed ETF. I'm right about that because it's index tracking, right? So it's going to be That's automatic right. and uh, covered by an algo. So presumably it doesn't cost ARK very much to produce or run they can just sit there and quietly rake some money off that if people would like this kind of etf i'm mainly surprised to hear they're not doing it sooner should i should i bring this in now i wasn't going to bring this in now but uh okay uh you say it's an index tracking etf and it it technically is supposed to track the transparency etf but uh, i spent half yeah. an hour before this uh podcast m probably more than half more more time than I've ever spent on preparing for this podcast before, and uh, I just Four like minutes. Um, and there are a few differences, a couple of differences between the transparency ETF and Arcs ETF, let's say, and I just want you to have a guess um, with with these things. So uh, I just had a quick game. It, it wasn't going to be a proper game, but I just want to, to sort of bring this in and uh, go, okay, so on the transparency ETF, uh, Chipotle is l listed as number five. Apparently a very transparent stock. I don't know what makes these people transparent, but it's something to do with openness, communication, and accountability and trust. So they are apparently measurable things that we can... Uh, attribute to certain stocks and uh, list them in a in a 100 stock index apparently uh, but chipotle is number five and where do you think on the arc uh what is the arc transparency etf where do you think that comes on the arc transparency etf uh how many are in there sorry 100 100 um, i thought it was equal weighted i thought I thought the ARK ETF was 100 positions, 1% each. Nope. It's they're, they're, uh, a bit, they're a bit off. And also the transparency ETF, they're around 1%. Yeah, it's not exactly, but it does go does go down. Like, yeah, they are around around there, but they're, they're not exactly 1%. No. Okay. Mm. So the question is, how much of it do we think uh, Chipotle well, Mexican Grill takes? It will up? be yeah. in the top 10. Yeah. No. As it's uh, I think five. it will be 
It's number five on the transparency ETF. Yeah, so it's going to be next to Wirecard, I reckon, at number 16. <laughs> well, you'd be very disappointed because it is not on the list at all. Uh, oh. It's So this is not index tracking. The same as Trexcorp, which is a decking company. Uh, Flugent Genetics, which is not on the index either. Dell, which Fulgen. is... Not, uh, flood, yeah, <laughs> Dell, Ful which is... Fulgen. No, I said... I said is it Fulgent? There's flu. Fulgent, yeah, they did Fulgen. the COVID testing last year, I think. Fulgent yeah. in America. Yeah, um, Dell, Dell, which is also not on. Sunrun, which I would have thought is quite an... Uh, interesting company and they've also added invite which is uh, which is not on the transparency <laughs> yet so the uh, the bottom five are actually ones that they've just added themselves so this is not tra index tracking in any way uh so is it 97 percent like tesla and then three percent other things <laughs> no it is close it is still one percent <laughs> but the 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 ratings are so are so different so let's take uh nvidia NVIDIA is number 19 on the transparency ETF. Where do you think it is on the, on the sorry, on the transparency well, index? Well, I'm cheating because oh, I'm yeah. looking at it right now and NVIDIA has gone to number one just now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is number one, because, but I think that's just because the price has gone so bad. But one, one that really stood out to me because Dell's not on it, even though apparently it's one of the most transparent companies in the world. But uh, HP, Hewlett-Packard, and shut <laughs> Just up. about to say that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hewlett-Packard is number 62 on the transparency ETF. Uh, on Hewlett, did you ever think you'd see a Hewlett-Packard uh, company in uh, an ARC ETF? It's absolutely Hewlett-Packard is essentially a printer ink company nowadays, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I uh, thought Hewlett-Packard was on the 3D printing ETF back in the day from ARC. That never be. really got going much, but I think it could be. Steve, you're busy Googling things. You have a look at that. Whilst okay. I ask whether or not... Uh, here's some more guesses then, because I haven't looked at this, at things the, that are on there. By I the way, this is I my... Corning is on there. This is my new uh, laptop bag, and I've got two of them, and it's from HB, and it's really, really good. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this on Spotify, I can't see it very well either because Paul's camera's quite blurry on my screen. Uh, but it's got a bag, apparently. Back to the ETF thing. Paul, is Corning on there? Uh, Kerning, Kerning, I didn't see that on there at all. Uh, it's, oh, it's a lot I thought through. they were one of the most transparent companies in the world. Why, why do you think they're one Come of the most on. transparent? companies in the world <laughs> they make glass pole <laughs> oh fuck's sake <laughs> uh, i can't see hp in this list uh so are there yes. any are there any water utilities on this list <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. i can't see hp on this list it's because they're oh. second and i'm blind yeah but on the actual transparency list it's number 62 <laughs> so for some reason uh, ARC, the ARC Transparency ETF has moved HP from number 62 on the index up to number 8 in the ETF. So they must really think there's something going on there. My point is here is, um, I think this is a sack of shit. Actually, looking at the Transparency <laughs> ETF, um, <laughs> looking at the Transparency ETF, it's actually not a bad ETF. It's got a lot of really good companies in there. Um, and... It's 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 well diversified. I know you're looking at it right now, Steve D. But do you see the diversification in there? It's actually quite a lot of different stocks in there. Yeah, I'm just looking at the the top ten um, when when they were when they originally released the uh, key information document in 
31st of October was Cloudflare, Bloom Energy Group, Enphase, Tesla, Spotify, Max, Linear, Teradyne, DigitalOcean, ChargePoint, and NVIDIA. That was an interesting top 10, if ever you've seen one. Yeah, there's a lot. It's quite meme <laughs> yeah, yeah. It um interesting uh, number 45 I'm looking at right now. JD.com as one of the most transparent companies in the world. That's Coming interesting. Tra- I think they're also in the space ETF, aren't they? So they they're going to the moon <laughs> and they're transparent about it. I just uh, there's um I've just noticed Buckle have just slipped into the top 10 now that I'm looking at it. Buckle I'm assuming make belt buckles, do they? I've never heard of them before. No, I'm prepared there's... to bet they don't make belt buckles. <laughs> Do they make see, transparent jeans? I think that's like the idea that Curry's is a takeaway shop. <laughs> <laughs> or Selfridges sell, well, you know. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot of companies on here that I don't know, I must admit. And, but then there's a lot of companies out there that I, I haven't got a clue. Uh, but I, I, just don't, I just don't like the idea that they're transparent and that you can say that one company is more transparent than the other i mean i mean enron's not on here but like it's obviously how can you say that any company that releases all of its results is not not transparent really it's so i guess that's not they're... really arc's <clears throat> issue is it i mean arc are, are, are taking their inspiration from someone else's idea okay so maybe they're not tracking the index as closely as you might hope but they're at least uh, appealing to this idea of transparency that they're getting from whoever does the indexing thing, I guess, and they're just taking the idea and saying, look, if you want to buy a basket of these companies, here you are, we'll put it together for you. Money, please. Yeah, but, but that, yeah, that's the cynical thing. That's the thing I hate about it. And and it's 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 just a market employee. And I understand that these companies are out there, but she's not selling it like that. She's not, she's not saying, oh, you guys want to buy this sack of shit? Go for it. She's not saying that. She's saying that she's she sat down and she thought about uh, how the how transparency is important and uh these are companies that are doing good for the world because they they let everyone know what they're doing but oh man oh, at, at this point it. um kathy is just a saleswoman isn't she they they fund is not doing very well it's having a very very poor year there's massive outflow i think it's a record outflow for arc at the moment so at the moment, she's just trying to peddle any old shit to to keep people in. I've just had a look at CTIU, and the three main things that they're highlighting is that there is zero exposure to the fossil fuel industry, which we 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 realised the other day was uh, about as ESG and green and transparent as you can get. Ninety eight percent fewer financial crimes, um, which doesn't seem like a very good statistic because that still means that some of them are committing financial crimes. <laughs> And Who's 95% that? fewer environmental violations. Now, if you're not getting the fossil fuel industry, who's pumping shit into the sea? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's Tesla, in it? Tesla's, Tesla's the financial crimes <laughs> and the uh, environmental disasters, isn't it? With all the, with all the battery... Uh, like They're just burying batteries, every, mm. or batteries everywhere, aren't they, in the minute? Oh, you, can and, tell uh, it's, you can tell it's not Paul who works through the comments on these videos, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do. You I'm going to tell either, us up about Tesla. <laughs> Don't bother. We know. Uh, <laughs> I, lovely to see Costco in there. Um, obviously, that innovative and uh, oh, just, uh, I, mate. It's just, uh, I just feel like it's just all an absolute scam now at this point. And um, I, I felt like it when when it was all going well, but. 
it just seems so transparent at the moment that they are just <laughs> they are just pen throwing this out. <laughs> yeah, that they yeah. are. It's just, it's just very transparent that they are just peddling any old crap at the minute. Anyway, um, uh, let me know if you disagree with me in the comments because I read them all, obviously, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> thank you very much for listening today uh I'll, I'll obviously always ending this on on the, the least co controversial note that i can every single week um thank you very much for watching um leave us five star review on the bottom all you tesla investors <laughs> and arc innovation investors and <laughs> And um, uh, leave us the comments. Ask us, ask us any questions. Have a debate with us. It's great. I, I do read the comments, and I'm always there talking to everybody. Um, thank you very much for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week, maybe. <laughs> I'm amazed how many people own stocks. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up. <laughs>